0: Uh, welcome back to another episode of the kick and cover podcast uh, today we have coach fam uh, with us today I, I, as i told him before we started i'm not going to try to pronounce his last name because i don't want to butcher it i, I don't want to offend my guest, but um he is the oc at kansas wesleyan uh, coach how are you doing
1: i'm doing phenomenal today how are you doing today coach right.
0: uh, uh, as i told you before we came on it, i've had better mornings to at least at least deal with academics but it's gotten better as they go on. I'm going to go watch our varsity boys play basketball here once we're done um, and cheer them on and uh, wish them nothing but the best. So, um, But today, I, I mean, Coach, we're going to talk a little shield punt. Um, but before we get there, um, do you want to kind of give coaches kind of a background to how you got at kansas Wesleyan?
1: Absolutely. Well, my full name is uh, Mike Famiglietti my full name. So that's why we just go by Coach Fam, because you've probably met a thousand coach Mike's in this industry and this awesome profession we have. And Coach Fam, but actually last name really means big family of all things. So good, you know, Italian conversion chart right there. That's pretty nice. Um but this is my first year at Kansas Wesleyan. We just finished up seven games this fall. We're gonna have four more this spring. Uh, hopefully some playoff push too, but we're all excited for that. And it's been a lot of fun. Uh, It was a great transition. I came here from Northern state where I spent two years there. Uh, My first year I was blessed to work with our head coach, uh, Myers Hendrickson when he was the offensive coordinator. And I was our running back specialist, uh, associate recruiting coordinator. I I mean, I was a young guy. I mean, I was 25. I whatever position and opportunities they gave me, I was going to do it and give all I could. And then before that, I was at Wisconsin Lutheran College as our specialist, co- as our special teams coach and running backs coach. And then I got my start at the University of North Dakota, just as that intern spot, you know, where you're just grinding, you're getting to learn what being a college football coach is. And I got to fortunately play division one football as a long snapper. So I'm one of the few specialists in the coaching profession now. And I absolutely love it. There is not a better thing. And the great influence I had from my coaches at Western Michigan and Western Illinois had more confusion with people uh, to Westerns uh, just absolutely reaffirmed why I want to get in this and I love it. So that's my background and I love special teams. I even have a football year. I still get some snaps in all the time. Uh, maybe not as good as what they were before, but I say, Hey, I may no longer be at my best, but what I got left me is my best ever. So.
0: No. That's awesome, Coach, and I, I used to, uh, when I was at Westland High School as as a safeties coach, um, our O-line coach um, played, well, was a four-year long snapper at Ohio Dominican, and he was, I mean, you talk about somebody who loves long snapping, it was just deep into it, like that man, and I was, I was talking to oh, Nick Bolliard, who was on episode one here, because he, he was at ODU at the same time, and he, he, we just we just joked around about Tyler and stuff, so. But, yeah, I mean, Tyler was a great long snapper. Like, long snappers are an interesting breed and um, usually good guys, usually very intense, high-energy guys. And so, I mean, it's good to have you on, Coach. um, Also, Coach did a a video for us back in, oh, what was it, April, May?
1: It was right around that time where the whole world shut down for the first time. Yeah, Yeah. whenever whenever
0: that was on on some uh, some motions and a couple other things offensively for us. So that will probably be in the bio as well. Make sure you check that out. Um, if you're interested in some of that, um, but but let's let's get into shield punting day because I mean you we messaged a little bit back and forth. You wanted to talk shield punting, and uh, we're currently a shield punt team. So anytime we can kind of learn more about it, the better. Um, so you, I mean, I'll, I'll kind of let you take it off from there, coach, and we'll kind of just chit chat from there.
1: Absolutely. So I mean, I think what I'm going to talk about today isn't just all shield punt. I feel some of the fundamentals and basic beliefs of your punt unit can apply to that. You know double up guard look that a lot of high schools run even to the pro style punt there's a lot of similar connections that we all have to do and all levels of football from peewee on up are unified by the punt and it's both a nightmare and a beautiful thing and pure football at all levels um but the way being an offensive guy i actually view punt as an offensive unit just made up a lot of defensive players is the way i view the punt unit and of course The field position is such a huge valuable part that at no matter what level if you can take something from here and i hope everyone does to improve their punt unit that would just help their overall program offense and defensive uh thing so I, i have my background right here um but field position so this is why i love punt and the biggest thing if we had an offensive play that gained 30 to 45 yards plus every single time we would run it. We call that every single time we step on the field and we would call it every single play of the game. I mean, that's the biggest thing about the punt. Um, And you punt, there's a lot of different schemes. People do, people will start motioning. They'll go four by two. They'll take guys out of the shield. They'll put an athlete in, they'll direct snap it to someone. But ultimately, just like every play, it really just comes down to, fundamentals technique and how well are they coached and just go make a play go tackle somebody block somebody and punting's the weird formation and play of a game where you're going to have to block somebody then go make a tackle go run go avoid you're honestly a hybrid linebacker receiver fullback every single time on a punt unit so i always when i talk about punt i always have a diagram where, hey, we got our back on red zone, the colors are kind of reversed, but when you're backed up, you're kind of in your own, to quote Tom Cruise, you're in your own danger zone a little bit, where you're only gonna score a very few amount of times. Uh, But then the closer and closer you creep up to the other team's end zone, your chances of walking away from that drive with points are astronomically higher. So if you can minimize someone's punt team and you can maximize yours you're going to constantly get it back in their own corner of the field to start off every drive and that just gives a huge advantage to your defense makes it easier on your offense because they get to start around the 50 or better because of their lack of execution or your execution so just i always like to bring that up so as i said it's pure football the punt team i call it an offensive play because you're in control of the ball right you can do a fake you have to be you know, conscious of where it is. If you're the punt return unit, you got to have the eyes on all the eligibles. You got to make sure you don't accidentally touch the ball if you're not the returner, and that you field the ball cleanly. Uh, and then you got to make sure that hey, you're holding up, right? If you're in the punt return unit, so punt team, go execute, right? You got to block, you got to cover, you got to tackle. And as we call it football, there's not too many pieces that use the foot, but punt's the one that. <laughs> There's not too many calls to get rid of. People are saying field goals don't need to happen. Kickoff doesn't need to happen. Well, punt needs to. There's the strategy, there's the element, there's a surprise to every punt. You know, there's that decision they always talk about. Andy Reid on fourth and two. If it's right there at the 40, you know, the other team's 40, are they going to punt or are they going to say, well, we got Pat Mahomes? We're going to go for it. I mean, we make that same decision too. We love to run the ball, but, you know, there's a bigger advantage sometimes of, paying the other team deep and helping out the defense, you know? So best play fundamentals over scheme and then location and punt solves your team's problems, right? Yeah. You're getting to the other team, but you're controlling how they get it. So I say, you know, punt units like a house. Where do you, how do you want to build your punt unit? Who's the most vital person to have a punt unit? All right. That's what I ask and what I believe. And, People might think I'm a little biased, but the most vital person to have a good point unit is your long snapper. Yeah. I'm sure every high school coach, and even a lot of college coaches just have nightmares about that guy getting hurt or if that guy even exists in your program. I mean, we're blessed here. I feel we have the best long snapper in all of NAIA football. I mean, I would have sometimes been scared to compete against that guy if he went to my college. He was a talented snapper, and he makes it incredibly easy for everybody else on the field because they know our punt snap is going to be great the execution will be perfect for the punter and we don't have to protect them for seven seconds or for whatever it is or be you know making the sign of the cross as coaches every time <laughs> our punter <laughs> steps on the field you know And oh, I, I appreciate it too
0: i ripped my freshman long snappers so hard this year after one game because he almost got our our freshman punter murdered during a freshman game like like son you can't just lob that ball up there you were going to get this kid murdered like so like that's the one thing I've I've tried to heavily focus on since I've been here is developing long snappers and the quality of them um like I I mean before COVID hit I mean that's I was getting them about once a week in the weight room in the morning before school they'd get their lift in and then we do some uh, drills and some warm ups for long snapper specific stuff. So, yeah. um, I, I I agree one hundred percent. It's the most important player on this. Them and the punter are the two most important players on this.
1: And a lot of times, you know, not everybody has like a Chris Saylor or Coles or whatever eight million kicking world camp type guy. Further punter. A lot of schools say, "Hey, your linebacker's the strongest guy on your team. We're going to have him kick the crap out of a ball." You yeah. know, but that snapper could be your center. Could be anybody shoot I've had teams where it's your backup QB you know
0: uh, um, ours is our backup QB coach he he he's right. started as a short snapper two years in a row he's a, he'll be a junior next year he's a sophomore right now and he's first full year long snapper um, yeah. he's also our it was our backup quarterback this year it was our third string the year before
1: yeah. Well, tell him to keep working his snapping this summer because maybe he'll get he'll get more recruiting attention to be a good long snapper than to be a backup QB. That's for
0: sure. Yeah, that's I, I, that's I, that's why I tell all them like it's an easy I'm not say easy way to get to college, but I mean college is always looking for good long snappers. I mean it. I mean I, hell, there was a period where Hawaii would hold two scholarship long snappers on their roster back when, under like June Jones, and when they switched to whoever it was after June, they'd always have like a junior and like a freshman. Yeah.
1: We want a guy to be ready and learn and see what it's like in a game. And occasionally, you know, there's no, like, restrictions there. Hey, you can play as many guys as you want at those teams. So if you got a home game, let your backup snapper get get the job done, you know, when you're up by 40 days. So the next year when he is the starter, he's got it. And trust me, I went to college as a five nine, five ten. you know, yeah, there was quotations, uh, 185-pound player. And I played as a true freshman in the first game. So, I mean, you know, it it can happen if you're that guy. I mean, just, you just have to have the skill and that confidence and your trust in your technique. And I feel there's a lot of bad coaching, though, that does go along with snappers, though. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's one of the toughest things is, you know, guys say, like, well, he's done it. You just throw it through your legs. Well, yeah, but how do we get them to do it to their best, you know? Yeah. Cause Ultimately, you used to watch golfers and everything else, and I compare specialists to them because nobody in their right mind knows what a kicker is who's not a kicker or a specialist or a football guy, but they know what golf is, and they know that technique and that confidence. There's a connection there. And snapping, it's the same thing, you know, same thing for kicking, you know. They want to start balanced. They want to start relaxed. They want to have their arms ready more like they're going to throw. The biggest issue I see with a lot of snappers and a lot of people, I'm gonna tell you to try this out at home, right? Is they'll wrap their wrist around like they're pressing it to their form. When you do that, that locks your elbow. So I look at it, I'm a biochemistry major, I'm nerd, but you know, you biomechanically, if you over twinge one part of your body, it locks up another. How many people throw, you know, with their arm completely and elbow completely locked out? That's a very tough thing to do. And as far as body balance and bringing their core through those are some things I see a lot of snappers making that mistake so you know having the back flat having the core ready to go um, and then making it a full body movement and then always finishing balanced Um, and then as far as the hands they want to be looking honestly like a perfect throw where that hand wrist flicks down it's just flipping out because you're upside down it's yeah one of those underratedly hard coach positions that is a lot of times instructed very poorly. So oh, I'd yeah. love to. That, that every
0: every time I, like the past few years, I try to figure out who has prior experience actually snapping. That's my, like one of my prerequisites. If I don't, I, if I can, otherwise I'll do it. Like, cause I, I've spent time studying it, but like, luckily we hired, um, somebody who snapped in high school and was pretty knowledgeable about it this year that could take
1: over as the year went on. That's good. And Ultimately, that affects whatever punt you you can have. I mean, if that guy gets hurt, I'd recommend, you know, a lot of teams even to look at, like, a quick kick and everything like that or some extra protection for your punter, you know, whether it's numbers or leverage to keep them up. And then I always – punters always feel like I give them the short end of the stick, but, (laughs) you know, they got to have someone get them the ball first. Like, if you're constantly playing, like, golden glove level shortstop as a punter – you're probably not going to be the greatest punter no matter, you know, how good of an actual punter you are like punting on air. That's as easy. But when you got a rush of the all conference DN coming at you and you know, balls are flying, you never know where it's, it's very tough to be good. But the yeah. keys for a punter, I always say, you got to start balanced and relaxed. You know, a lot of guys are just like sitting back there, like, oh, tense and ready to go hands <laughs> right forward. It's like, no, be relaxed, man. Um, And then, ultimately, you want to have a really good punter, have them work on catching a ball comfortably every single time. Uh, The better hands a punter has, I feel the much more effective they're going to be in their actual kicking, you know, because if they're constantly letting the ball get through their hands and they're catching it here, then they're having to reset it while they're stepping. But if they're always getting it right out in front, right, or nice and easy and they're calm comfortable and calm with a football, those steps are going to be a lot better time. The ball is going to be placed in the right line down their foot. And to make it easier for partners, I say, hey, you want to see your line, walk your line, drop it down the line, and then swing your line, right? It's a controlled explosion, and a lot of guys like to do, you know, three, four steps. Well, the more steps you do, the more of a run you're going to get, and the more error you can have. If you just do a control explosion two steps where you just go kick foot plant foot burst through you're set yeah all right and then of course eyes a very underrated thing with partners is that keeping the eyes and shoulders all tucked towards the ground that stops the core and the hips from coming up and through so those little keys of hey just like how in golf we follow everything through with our body to that ball yeah. The same thing with punting, you want to follow those hips, legs and body through to let that extension get all the way through. You don't tell a quarterback to stop his arm here, you tell him to let it go all the way through.
0: I agree 100%. I, and I think the main thing I saw on that that was probably the most important is that relaxed. Um, I think this is true for kickers in general, like not just punters, field goal kickers, kickoff kickers, like his mental stability. And that's probably a bad term wording, but I really don't care. Um, but, like, just like just being, like, somebody that doesn't get too hyper, but at the same time doesn't get too stressed and flustered. Like, a kicker can't be topsy-turvy. Like, I, I, I've I talked to many people a lot smarter than me um, about that, and they're just like, yeah. And then what's-his-face, the, um, God, I think it's the Chiefs Special Teams coordinator, I want to say. Uh, he talked about that, like, in an article or something about – because he, he just gets like undrafted kicker after undrafted kicker to excel. It's like, yeah, he's like, I prefer the undrafted kicker. There's, they, they're driven to succeed because they were undrafted, and they don't feel like like they they're tend to be stress-free or um, they don't buckle to the pressure of being a draft pick. It's it just like the, 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 there's not that mental – they have a better mental edge is pretty much how he worded it.
1: Right. And I think honestly, one of the best people to talk about it and people know, I have a huge love of Pat McAfee, oh, love like, Pat McAfee. he loved, I mean, he said it best is like those robot kickers who are the guys who've always been a kicker their whole life, not an athlete and kicker are kind of limited in a way that they only know a mechanical one way of how to do things, yeah. you know, but when like the going gets tough, those guys who know how to be an athlete can rise through those occasions and have that grit. And, you know, being a kicker is a tough thing because you never know, you might only play one play in a whole game and it's at the 59th minute, 59 second of that yeah. game, but it's the biggest play of that game, you know? Oh yeah. And you just got to be ready and you can play with emotion, but you can't be emotional, yeah. you know?
0: That's a much better way to put it than I just try to state it coach. That's much better. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Because trust me, I sometimes was an emotional player, and I think the kicking that I threw my helmet out one time I didn't love it.
0: So. As long as you're not like swinging at it, uh, like certain NFL players who end up getting like almost breaking their hand and the net falling on them, then you're fine.
1: Yeah. Um, but minor details. But I uh, don't I'm a different person now than that. But
0: yeah, <laughs> I definitely think there's a
1: lot of big things that go on with specialists as far as that, hey, just being ready and that. You know, if your body's relaxed, it's a lot easier for you mentally to, like, relax, you know? Yeah. If you're tensed up and you're constant like this, there's a lot of activity going through your head, you know? But, I don't know. And then I, I've always thought, like, if you don't have a snapper, you got to come up with solutions, you know? Or if you don't have a punter, like, um, going into my second year at Wisconsin, our punter had to hang up uh, for a year because he had a knee injury that happened when he was weightlifting, meniscus tear, mm. and... We didn't have a partner. We had to train backup QBs to be like our quick kick guys, or we went full rugby because we're like, well, they're also athletic. They could yeah. run the ball and just go, you know, if they don't take that into account. And we actually stole a couple possessions. The average could have been better, but I think we didn't have a single punt block. So those guys rose to the occasion, and they had that athlete ability and, you know, the other thing about rugby is it's a good advantage to have too. If you don't just always have that same uniform block point every yeah. time in your team, you know, if you if that team says, "Hey, we're going to block it," but sometimes it's going to be over here to our left or to our right or right down the middle, we can't perfectly scheme up that punt, you know.
0: Yeah, no, I get you one hundred percent, and I think I think that's where the good coaches are able to adapt year from year. I talk about that all the time on and, and with any coach and any system and any podcast I'm on whether it be one of my own or somebody else's is just like if you're not adapting your scheme to your kids then you have some serious problems I'm not saying you have to like oh we were inside zone team this year and next year we'll be a double tight double wing team like no I'm I, saying is okay we, we're good at inside zone this year but we're not necessarily got the linemen this year so we might run x y and z that's already in our system more
1: mm-hmm. so, right yeah. yeah or just limit down the one plays that you have you know yeah Especially in a year like this year, where you week to week, day by day, you don't know who your guys are.
0: Oh, sometimes. yeah. Like, and then that, that goes back to our conversation before. Like, I mean, that's why if I'm like I'm at college or NFL team, like, I'm not trying something necessarily too overly fancy because you might not have half your punt team that week. And you might have right. people you just signed a couple days ago. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I 100% agree. And that's really the way it always is. I mean, you know, week to week, every level of football, because as we talk about football, it's a collision sport, you know, yeah. um, we talk a ton about weight room and everything, but injuries and nicks and stuff happen where someone's not going to be at that ability to do that this week. You know?
0: Yeah, I get you a hundred percent. So, all right, let's yeah. move, let's move on to the dread, the dreaded part that the punter fears is the
1: protection now. Protection is number one. And I I feel the protection actually starts again with your specialist. You know, we talk about, hey, how quick a snap can be. Well, your partner's also got to be responsible enough and trained enough that they can get that ball off in time. They don't, they know they're not supposed to sit back there, eat snacks, then get the ball (laughs) off, or that they can fuss around with it like it's on air. No, it's, I got to punt it. And as I'm catching this thing, I got to be taking my steps and go. That's why those extra good hands help. And it makes it a ton easier, right? Asking your every guy in your punt unit to protect for three seconds is absolutely ridiculous. The main goal is to slow down any sort of rush yeah. and then get your body between your guy and wherever the ball is going to be. It doesn't matter where if you're on the backside, if you're pro style, if you're shield style, or if you're any sort of punt look. That person who's protecting has to be between the defender or the guy on the punt rush and the ball yeah right so if you're a frontline guy you gotta step and get to that inside shoulder if you're in the shield right you gotta step keep your hat inside of their hat you know and luckily for us we have stripes right down the middle of our helmets so we can always see on film hey we're inside or we're outside you know that's where it all really just comes down to technique and It's not just the line, you know, it's everybody is up there. And no matter what scheme you run for punt, the protection is number one. Because if you don't get that punt off, we don't need to cover. Like, (laughs) if the punt's blocked 15 yards back, we should really just be taking a knee or just spotting the ball back there for the other team rather than risking that touchdown every time. And that whole operation, you know, there's got to always be that practice that those guys get every day, which is – I'm a huge fan of having an actual specialist as your snapper and your punter, rather than a guy who works it part-time, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then whatever scheme you do, it's a count or a zone. The fundamentals are still the same, you know, just like we're essentially all just running inside zone. We're working to reach on the backside and we're working to kick out on that front side, you know, no matter who it is or it's pass protection, you know, keep the pocket clean for your QB.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's usually is right. zone protection or some sort of simple count system which essentially just becomes pass pro. I mean that's I mean I mean and in and, the end, kinda like you started off that, that with is I mean your your operation time so vastly that, again it goes back to the snapper and the kicker. I mean I, I talk I talk to our snappers and punters all the time about operation time. And I'm timing them and I'm talking to them it's like this is the expectation. Otherwise there's a chance you're gonna get whacked in the face and I'm not gonna feel bad for either one of you. I'm just going to rip both of you.
1: Right. And, shoot, I mean, that's, like, the biggest thing is that's why those guys – I've always thought, hey, every single day, regardless of if it's a punt day or, you know, you're not working it as a team that day, those guys got to get those reps either start practice or, you know, yeah. and especially get it with your one-and-one guys, you know. Um, you always – just like how you always want your number one receiver getting timing with your quarterback. You want your punter getting timing with your best snapper, right? And I think, going back to our earlier conversation, why the NFL has to do the pro style, because they need that extra protection. If you got, you know, I don't know, J.J. Watt and T.J. Watt rushing a punt, you probably got to protect for that guy a little longer than your average bear, you know, or all the different, you know, man staffs to scheme it up. But, yeah, and everything that I always talk about, it comes down to eyes, hands, feet, you know always being able to identify who we're blocking, keeping the scheme simple. You know, as we talk those simple count ones, I mean, if you can have guys who can count to like five, you can really do any punt scheme in America, you know? And if at a college you got guys who can't count to five, well, I don't know how eligible your football team is going to be, but, you know, it'll be good. Hey, you'll, you'll probably have a very poor punt unit and special teams unit. And then yeah. feet... Uh, always getting those steps through them or having that strong base where when you do deliver that blow, it stops any momentum, you know? A lot of players, when they first line up and you say, hey, get in a two-point stance for me that's square, their feet gonna be all the way way outside their shoulders, right? Having that proper six-inch powerful step is such a huge difference, right? And then the hands, having that strong punch on that inside part of their body Right, or wherever it needs to be, and then being able to shed them. Right, that's why we always got to keep having the feet moving. Why I always say get through them rather than to
0: them.
1: Okay, right, Russ, you're just taking every blow like Rocky. We want to be more like Rocky (laughs) too when he beats Apollo. There you go. Yeah, and then, yeah, Um, of course, our back line that's really where it comes down to having that, hey, hat inside in between our guy and the punter. and that's really where those extra count goes and these are our solution makers you know if anybody gets through or they have you know an odd look that we're going against these guys fix it you know they're right there so even if you have a one-man shield well your whole scheme is done to make it okay for him you know and there's also the whole getting everybody wide enough that like if there's someone off the edge they can't get it that's part of the operation you know because the most you can ever have protecting is 10,
0: right? Yeah.
1: You use your snapper, but per, from personal experience, snappers sometimes aren't the best blockers.
0: No, and, and sometimes if you ask them to start blocking, their their snaps going to get messed up. Some kids mm-hmm. just can't handle the – especially at the high school level where we are, we're already we trying to give them just a snap. It's very right. hard unless you have one of those rare freak ones to – Give them to do both it's just it, i mean from my experience i could just be a bad coach but from my experience that's kind of where that is um and going back to your back line stuff here i whether it's a three-man one-man two-man i think one of those kids has to be one of your smarter kids because that's also the kids gonna make your adjustments a lot of times right. in your system is, is your one of your guys like i mean we, we were shield punt yesterday this year all past two years and i kind of made that mistake last year where this year i kind of I got one of my smarter kids on that shield who could make my calls, make my adjustments a lot better than prior years.
1: Yeah. And one of the things I've done to kind of eliminate that is I've just put everything right in us in a coach where I just say, Hey, it's this call. Okay. Well he knows if it's this call, I always have the fifth guy, you know, or I always have the fourth guy. Right. And if I count from left to right, one, two, three, four, five, I have, you know, or, and just making it easy and doing all that, and I don't think it always has to be a lineman, but that does help if they have blocking experience. Yeah. I, I always like those tweener guys that are always such a premium. You know, those thicker fullback, tight end, yeah, tight end,
0: back kids, yeah,
1: yeah. I always think those are the, probably the best ones to have there, just because they do work blocking, and they're good with their hands. But then they actually cover, you know, they can. Yeah,
0: that's that's a big difference right there, and I had some issues with that this year. So it's like, yeah. I get more of that tight end H back inside linebacker hybrid kid, or maybe like a strong safety or like the thicker ones that they're not, they're not your track kids that they're not going to, they might, you might not be having them carry people down the field on in coverage, mm-hmm. but I mean, yeah, I'm with, I'm with you there, coach.
1: I know I was constantly. I think we had a 190 pound DN as one of our shield guys one time, but he was just, a tough son of a gun and he was going to smack whoever came through. I'm just like, well, all right, well, he might get pushed back a little bit, but I know he's going to smack it. And to be honest, whatever level, you're going to have some sort of guy who's that tough as nails dude that you just trust. Yeah. And that's going back to being that smart guy, you know?
0: Yeah, I agree
1: 100%. So, and then, of course, they got to maintain that. I, always, I very rarely say hold your block because that's like, okay, hold, right? Yeah. Those 10 yarders, you know? um and then the thing i've always thought on coverage is we can't always say hey this guy's always going to be our first guy out every single time that's like teaching your quarterback this guy is literally no matter what the defense does will be open when he runs the same exact route you know yeah. that tells the rest of your team okay i can kind of take my time in coverage if he's a little slow no we're doing this whole thing to go control the ball we don't just kick it in. The play's done, whistles blown, everybody just go back to the sideline. You know, it's why we've been doing all these things that we talked about for the last like 25 minutes about why we got to have a good snap or why we got to protect because we yeah. got to hustle our butt down there, go tackle the best athlete on their team potentially, and even in a perfect scenario, get the ball for us. You know,
0: yeah. well, that, that's where like. And part of that is determined based off what return scheme they have on, too. Yeah. On who they're, who they're pressing and blocking and what direction they're blocking them, whether they're going for the block instead of a return. Like, that factors on who gets a better release and who right. might get jammed a little bit better. I mean, a couple episodes ago, um, by the time this post, Joel Durge talked about um, some drills to kind of know how to fit based off where you are in relation to the returner. And who gets down there first it's not it's who who actually gets down there first it will vary depending on like i remember my first year here my i think it was like my regard right tackle just got murdered like every game at, on the line of scrimmage i, I mean I, I didn't really have anybody else but i mean he just got like they would just put their hands on him and his ass would go backwards and step forwards so i mean sometimes that kid ain't gonna be the first one down the field so just gotta be aware of that
1: right and, I mean, that's exactly it. So I always taught priority coverage. So, hey, if you're the first guy down, you go to the ball. So part of that coverage is the punter always has to put it where we call it. You know, if we always say, hey, we're punting to the right on this one when we make this call, you better punt to the right. And if he's punting to the left, he better be the loudest human being on the face of the planet to say that, hey, it's going left, 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 or right, 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 and always to reaffirm because you've we've all seen it. There's always the one guy running around looking up and then gets cold clocked Well, the secret that the coach I work for at Northern said is every punt in the history of the game has come down. There's not a single punt that's just sitting up there, unless maybe, I don't know, there's a couple NFL punters, I think might have a couple balls still hanging up there, but every punt in the history of football has come down. So go be ahead, key that returner, key where he's going, understand where our ball is trying to go in coverage, and fly down the field, right? get off the guy who's holding you up and fly down the field, you know? And then we base on release orders. So, Hey, the first guy's going right there to the ball. Right. I always teach the ball first because if that returner ends up picking it up or it ends up bouncing off of him, we have it. The second guy fits five yards outside of him. So he's kind of the fit. Right. All right. And then we have a flow player who's always that third guy. There's going to be a natural level where he's going to fit Either between those two to make the play, or he's got to work outside to knife that guy down if he tries to break contain. You know? Yeah, so that guy's kind of got to have some football smart. So that's why I always like if you can have one of your best linebackers be one of your guards. I always recommend because he's always going to be either the first guy down to hawk somebody, or he will be the fit or the flow. He's going to be right there and be in a perfect advantage. Or if you just have a great tackler, you know yeah i agree yeah and then of course the coffin punts. i always say go return the first in the goal line because as we say hey you can't predict exactly where it's going to go down but you know it's going to fall down right and we've known so many times i mean this might rule might be broken at high levels but so many returners have said i can't catch it can't go back behind the 10 and then he muffs it and then no one's there to pick up the ball yeah you know? If you can take care of that, then by all means, then keep the ball out of the end zone, you know? So, I mean, just little diagrams there, you know, whoever the first guy out is, doesn't matter. They're going, you know, to the returner, you know what
0: I'm saying? Yeah.
1: They're yeah. basing it off him. And right? it's just like, I don't know, all of our routes and everything adjust based on where you are on the field. If you're too far to the sideline, you're going to have to be a little tighter on your split, you know, or it's not going to be the same distance yet wise you know? And then. Some blocking and everything. But we got a couple clips, so you can see our snapper. Um, we pointed out. Have a nice little diagram here. Make sure the is always ready, you know. Good snap. I mean, just makes it real nice and easy. And I always love it when this happens. Just the first guy down, just bam, mm-hmm. smacks him. Right there, good tackle. Yep.
0: And, and they do a good job there, what I, what I call umbrella, umbrellaing. I can't even enunciate there, where everybody's at a good point. It got him surrounded well. There's not a good vantage point for him to break coverage.
1: Right. Yeah, he keeps going down. I think one of the most overtaught things is that, like, stop and shimmy. It's like, no, we want to keep closing space to the ball. The only time you should ever stop is if you legally cannot go closer to him. Yeah. And as you see, none of our shield guys this past year. I mean, we had two fullbacks and our middle linebacker. I mean, we had the the other thing that I think can help anyone's punt unit is putting your better football players on there. Yes, it's special teams is a great way to break in some of your younger guys, but on your punt unit, which is the most important unit you have, you want guys who you trust and can execute. You know, why do you put on your C squad on such an important play? That's like saying, hey, it's Hail Mary. Let's only put in our backup wide receivers and let's have them go make the play, you know? That's the same thing. You know? Yeah. And then we got, a, I found this is to be a really good example of how the advantages to fit and flow and everything, and our guys point out. But yeah, our punter, our punter had a very good year. He was our punter, starting punter for three seasons here at Kansas Wesley and did a great job. But we just see that really good, hey, how the scheme and technique just always carries over to every single time, right? And just that nice little, he breaks contain, we got another guy to go knife him down. I also yeah,
0: that's where I noticed as I was watching this, like 17 did a good job in trail position and and knowing how to fit. He didn't necessarily get directly behind mm
1: -hmm. somebody else.
0: He's always looking for grass.
1: It's... I always think – when I always think of a punt unit, I always think of, like – do you remember the old movie Spaceballs where they're combing yes. the desert? Like, yeah. they just got to spread out the comb, right? They got to stack the cups. They got to be spread out where they're five yards and making a big net because that's a good fish they got at the end of it, man. <laughs> we want to for sure catch that fish.
0: Hey, that, that makes me want to go watch Spaceballs this week. Oh, that's great. Um, I, I, did have I, a always, I did have a question based off this film, though. Um, how much – Cause I saw it once this year. How much two returner stuff are you guys starting to see?
1: We are. I, I think two returner is going to pretty soon be the name of the game um, uh, back there. If you got more athletes you can trust, and the whole game of football is get the ball to your better players. You know, if you got two incredibly dynamic guys back there, it can change the game. Uh, better chances of having a superior athlete out there to go make a play or just another guy who can go cover anywhere on the field and kind of eliminates the directional advantage of a punt because this one guy back here doesn't have to completely cover all 53 and a third yards of the field. He has to cover 26.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was talking because we saw it once this year, and I was talking to uh, one of our assistants the other day about it because he asked me how many times we saw it. Um, as I was like off the top of my head, I think once I just, just glossing. I think, I think we may have seen it like briefly in film for somebody else once too. Cause we were talking about it, how we usually saw it. Like he talked about how he's seen it predominantly cause he's coached a lot longer. Than me and has forgot more football than I know. Um, but he's talking about the kind of advantages of it and how it's very good, especially on turf for the solid, a lot that helps in case bad hops and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. The ball is pretty much almost like uh a tennis ball or racquetball once it hits turf and it's going anywhere. And, yeah. But yeah, I think, I mean, it's maybe not where it is yet, but it does give some good advantages. I think where it does open things up though is for the fake opportunities to start coming back a little more. Yeah. And not every team will do the two returner scheme the same. You know, some of them will use one guy as like a point guy or a short punt, a shank guy. Yeah. The other one will use it as two completely independent guys and then some will use them as like a paired, almost like kick return type set, where one's the lead, then and the yeah. one gets it, you and me's calls and stuff. So, but if you have two guys back there, then you only got nine, and we have ten in protection. Yeah. So we have a math advantage right there then too for a direct snap or for some sort of leverage kick play. You know.
0: Yeah. I I get you. That's I was just I'm just curious because I saw that and it made me think of a conversation we had the other day. Thanks, coach.
1: You're welcome. But, yeah, I mean, I just two short clips. I mean, I saw, you know, hey, show a little something to you. But yeah. I, I love pun unit. I, I think it's a great thing. And I, I don't think there's too many better things than in the game of football than, you know, scoring a bunch of points or anything like that, you know. But then that gives all the defensive guys nightmares. <laughs>
0: hey, I'm with you, Coach. And, like, I, I, as, I, as I told um, a couple of the guys I've had on, pun's kind of been our, like, I don't want to say struggle unit, but the physical act of punting has at times been our struggle over the past two years. Like our snapping's been pretty solid. Like I said, I've put I've invested a lot of time on there. Protection's gotten better. Our coverage took a little bit of a step back this year compared to the year before, but I, I think we kind of got some stuff figured out as the year went on. And um, mm-hmm. but I just we that's one thing I'm, I'm focusing on is how to better develop our punters, put them in a chance yeah. position to succeed uh, in terms of their kicking abilities um, and finding. bit be- and not to say better, but finding people with who will, will excel at that position a little bit better. So, um, coaches, um, we, we appreciate Coach coming on. Um, his contact information is on the screen. Um, if you were just listening to the audio version on this, through Anchor, Spotify, or whatever means you're listening to this, because I have like 18 different versions of <laughs> – you can see this. Um, Coach's um, contact information will be in the bio. Uh, both – he's got his um, – I'll put his email and his Twitter in there. Um Coach, uh, I'll also put again that his offensive video for our channel on there if you want to take a look at that. And maybe ask him some questions on offense too, because like I said, coach is an offense coordinator as well. He's got 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 he's got a vast wide range of experience as both a special teams guy and an offensive guy. So, um, is there anything else you want want chit chat before we go? Um, like I said, I, I mean, I like I said, I got all the time in the world, coach, and like I said, I'm not I, pressed.
1: I'll, so I'll leave a couple little nuggets left for punning. Because um, you say, I, I want to help you out too, coach, and I appreciate this platform. And yeah, I definitely encourage anybody to reach out because we're an open book here. I mean, you know, people know a lot about our program and a lot about what we do. And, you know, I feel our big things, we want to keep doing things at an elite level. And if yeah. we can keep advancing the game of football, because, shoot, I'm the other thing, I'm also our women's flag football coach, too. So I'm helping Sweet. advance the game in a different way by having more people play football at the college level. But as far as punting, I would say one of the big things, that I really believed in is having the understanding of where we actually want to punt on our foot. A lot of people think, hey, you want to go toe or all the way side of your foot. The easiest thing to always think of is right where the laces of your foot are, and that hardest part of the top of your foot is right where we want to get it. So if you can always set the table, as I say it, right even with where your hip is and use two hands there, and then just open up nice and easy, right? And then having the thumb right on top of the ball Cause as we lower it it stays but if we see our thumb be across the ball like this as we lower it what does the ball naturally do it turns so you're hitting like a spinning object with your foot okay. which always is a little tougher
0: okay no that's good look i like that thumb nugget right there
1: yeah. biomechanics i a. as i said i'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to that stuff
0: well there's hey there's nothing wrong with that coach i mean that typically us special team coaches are, are are again as I said I think off air or while I was talking long snappers is are a little little different. They're just I mean I, I I mean we're all a little nerdy or into something specific and it's it's a good little time to have like I uh, my guest on my second um, episode is like a gigantic like cook on like, on the side like I mean he's it deep like deep into it he posts stuff on Facebook all the time and I'm just like that looks amazing like. That's his little nerd section is just food and how to make it.
1: Well, I still eat like I'm a college snapper who's trying to gain weight. So that's
0: that, that's that's not a good life choice, coach. That's not that's... no.
1: I gotta keep. I keep working out. Try to do it every day. But yeah, I definitely. If anybody wants to reach out, I definitely encourage it. And I appreciate your time, coach. And yeah, just those extra little things. You know, everything's a full body movement: eyes, hands, feet. And then, of course, as we talk about that. Head and the heart got to be in the right spot,
0: too. Oh, yeah. It, it does, Coach. And, again, I thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Again, coaches, if you want to reach out to Coach, his information is on the screen and in the bio. Um, and we will be back next week within our episode of the Kick and Cover podcast.